season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. I will be hosting today. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's greatly appreciated. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Me and Eric would also greatly appreciate that. My co-host, Eric Warner, is with me. Eric, no Michael Brantley, but we got George Springer. Whew. Yeah, Rogers actually finally opened up the wallet. They've been sitting on that pile of cash for quite some time, so... It's about time they opened up, gave out a big time contract, and uh, I'm pretty pumped to watch uh, watch Springer play. I was so excited last night. I was like, I was, and I even did the digging. It is the largest contract in Blue Jays history that they have dished out um, in free agency. The net in, in general, actually, Vernon Wells was paid 127 mil. Uh, I think who is the catcher? Why is it uh, Russell Martin? Martin. Russell Martin was the the last big free agent sign that this team had. So. It's finally, this team has finally opened up the checkbook, finally get a big star here in Toronto. So we are excited there. The Leafs are somewhat playing well, I guess. What would you, what would you? Uh, yeah. Would you, yeah. I think well, the last two well. games in a row have been their two yeah. best and they're yeah. three and one. So they're playing well. Tonight's the game to watch though. McDavid's in town. So. Exactly. That should be a good one. Um, so all, always looking well here in Toronto sports land, but um, we got a, uh, we got a lot to talk about in the NFL. Um, let's start with kind of the big, of course, the big news. We started the last episode with it too, but a lot has happened since then. Um, Deshaun Watson still unhappy um, in uh, in Houston. He posted on social media again since last time we talked. What was it like? I was at a two, and now I'm at a ten. Because um, I think that's what uh, I think that's what Ian Rappaport originally said about him. Like his anger level when they traded DeAndre Hopkins was at a two and now it's at a 10. And then he quoted that and tweeted it with a picture of himself, I think. Um, so he's, he's mad. He's still not happy. Um, posting on social media is very open about it. Um, I'm going to put a percentage on it. If you today, Eric Warner, you had to make it, if you had to make a guess, wow. what's the percentage chance he gets traded? Well, it was I believe it was Chris Mortensen who said he's played he thinks that Watson's played his last down of football with Houston. So if Chris Mortensen has it a hundred percent, I'm I that makes me lean into the majority. So I think there's like an eighty percent chance he gets oh, traded. Wow, eighty percent. I think so, because yeah. also I think if this was some somebody within the organization he had a problem with at a lower level, I think that it, they would be able to move on from that and keep them happy. The person Deshaun Watson doesn't like is the owner. Like yeah. the, the owner, the owner. The owner exactly. The yeah, owner's yeah. not going anywhere. So if Deshaun Watson doesn't like the owner and the, I guess what's Easterby's position yeah, again? Like president of football operations. Right. Those two guys are if as long as they're in Houston. I think Deshaun Watson is going to want to move on. So that's why I'm kind of high on this. 
Yeah, I I just feel like it's nuts. Like it, it just seems too crazy to me. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like why why are you doing this? Um, like why would you why would you trade your star quarterback no matter what happens? And what in God's name is Jack Easterby providing to this franchise that is more important than Deshaun Watson? Why can't you just let him go? Like Jack Easterby's nuts. Look, I'm 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 not, I'm not a religious man. I completely understand religion and faith in people's lives. I'm I'm all for it. I'm not against it. However, there's some talk like this guy is holding prayer circles to Cal McNair. Like he's like basically a pastor in in the organization. Like he's he's trying mm-hmm. to take over like faith over just like science and facts. Like come on here guys. Like why can't you just wake up and let him go? Yeah, I don't know why they're holding on to the guy. He he like you said, Deshaun Watson's value to the franchise is like exponential compared to his. So yeah, exactly. So what's your percentage then? Ten percent. Wow, you're that low. I I just I can't see this happening. All right, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna I'll give you a scenario where the only way I can see Houston getting value back. I think the only trade scenario that makes sense, and you think about this after I say it, it sounds crazy, but what if? Houston makes a trade with a team. Let's say, let's say Chicago Bears, for instance. Okay. Houston mm-hmm. trades Deshaun Watson, Chicago Bears. The only way I think Houston can get value back for Deshaun Watson is if every single year that he is currently employed by the Chicago Bears, Houston gets the first round draft pick of that year, every single year for 10 years. Hmm. Yeah. But you're all you're taking into consider in in a vacuum. We're yeah. in the world where Deshaun Watson does not want to play for the Houston Texans. If he that's, says, that's I, am, I am not playing for them, other teams are going to be able to pounce on this. Um, so he's a really, all, what's a realistic like, What's a realistic trade for you then? Like, he, I'll, I'll, here's another way to look at it. So Khalil Mack, Jalen Ramsey, and Laramie Tunzel. All Jamal of those, Adams. Jamal Adams. Those are four guys that went for two first-round picks, I believe, right? All four of them did. Yeah. Would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Jalen Ramsey, Khalil Mack, uh, Laramie Tunzel, and Jamal Adams? Would you rather have those four players or Deshaun Watson? Well, that's a tough one because as a Bears fan, I've never had a quarterback <laughs> like that. So I have to I take the answer quarterback. Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah. Like, like, I think he is – I said like five to six. Like I think that's what the price will be. But if you're say you had a quarterback to go back the other way, such as a Sam Darnold or a Tua, it might be less first round picks. So I don't know what the package would be like, but it's gonna the only way he's getting traded is if he says I'm not playing for the Houston Texans. Yeah. And I think that might happen. I think a coaching hire is gonna fix all of this. Okay. I, I think Eric Bianami is gonna be the guy. I think it just makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, make your quarterback happy. If you hire Eric Bianami, and I think that's what's going to happen. Like, they haven't yeah. hired a coach yet. Eric Bianami's still, um, still, still coaching, so he can't have an in-person interview. So I think they've had a virtual interview already. Um, it just, to me, it seems like they're waiting for Eric Bianami to lose, and they're going to hire him, and I think all is well. That's how I see the shaping up. Okay. I I think that would definitely help Deshaun Watson stay. Like, uh, that would make him happy. Mm-hmm. We'll just see. I guess it will come down to is the damage done already too far? And maybe he is. He is there any other coaching openings other than Houston right now? 
Philadelphia, baby. Philadelphia. What if the <laughs> enemy chooses Philly? Because aren't yeah, they in on him as that, well? That's a good. That's a good. That's a good point. I I think Philadelphia is also holding off until the playoffs are done as well. I think that like both of these teams have realized there's no competition around right now. Um, we can kind of wait it out. And I, I think that's what both teams are doing. And I think it's smart. Like, I don't think there's any rush unless you're hiring a guy that needs certain people on his staff that like, because that, that's the one big thing you do. That's the one reason you wouldn't want to wait is because the more you wait, the, the more time it takes for other people to take defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators and whatnot. Right. So coaches want to build their staff rather early, but I, I think both those teams are, are waiting until the, I, I don't know if the Eagles are for sure, but I think Houston was. But you make a good point. The enemy could go to Philly, and BN, the Eagles are interested in the enemy. They have requested an interview. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's still a lot of dominoes to fall, but I guess I guess part of me is also just hoping Deshaun Watson gets the <laughs> yeah, I think the Bears have like a dark horse chance in that. I think the Bears are like one of the, more, the better fits. Um, I think the one team that scares the hell out of me is if they get them is the San Francisco 49ers. Like, if they can get Deshaun Watson in that offense with the defensive talent, oh, like yeah. they're, they're the Super Bowl they're the Super Bowl favorites next year, in my opinion. So, yeah, to go along with that run game, and they yeah. have the they have the young wide receivers with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk that I don't yeah, even exactly. think we've seen the best of them yet. Yep. He could unlock them. That would be scary. <laughs> yeah, I know that's that's the one place I don't want him to go. Like, please don't send him to San Francisco, Houston. And Jack Easterby, if you listen to this, don't send him to uh, send him somewhere else. Anyways, um, lots more to lots more to uncover on that. The only time will tell. Um, why don't we jump into the coaching hiring? There's been five coaches hired. So again, I just said two vacant spots, but five have been filled. We haven't kind of dug deep onto these yet. So I'm gonna go one by one, Eric, and then you kind of uh, and then you kind of let me know your opinion. I'll start with mine. So I'm, let's start with the New York Jets and Robert Sala. Um, I personally think it's a great hire, top coach available in my opinion. I think he was the best on the market. Um, the next one I'm going to bring up, maybe there's an argument to that. Um, I think him and Joe Douglas work perfectly together. And now you're bringing uh, the younger LaFleur brother, or is he an older one? I don't, I didn't look that up. I just know he's LaFleur. Yeah, he's a LaFleur. So he's in, in that family. I think there's three of them, right? They're all coaches. Matt's obviously the coach of the Packers. Mike mm-hmm. is going. And I think there's one more LaFleur out there in the coaching tree. But you bring him with you. You get Kyle Shanahan's kind of offense that 30% of the league seems to be running right now. Um, so I think it's a great hire. I think the next step is figuring, figuring out what's at quarterback. But I, I trust Robert Sala, and I, I think the Jets have done um, have done a great job with this. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Robert Sala got a lot of buzz for that San Francisco 49ers defense that went to the Super Bowl last year. But I actually like. I think there's an argument that what he did this year with that defense was more impressive. Yep. Like they were fifth in DVOA in this year, and remember. They were banged up like no t- no other team. They had as many as eight starters missing at the same time in- <laughs> earlier in this year. Like that's it's outrageous that they were fifth uh, best defense in terms of DVOA still. Yeah, um, I completely agree with you. I think this job that he did was ten. Not I'm not ten times more impressive. It was more impressive in general than what he did in 2019. Like this team was banged up, like you said. I think they were the most banged up team like by far. Like, I don't think there was anyone even close to. Like, they were legitimately really banged up on the defensive side of the ball, especially. So I think this is – I think he's done a great job. He's kind of a raw, raw guy, brings a lot of energy, and I think the players like that. And he doesn't go over the top. There's those coaches out there that are too raw, raw and too energyed up, and then the players don't relate with them. I think Salah's perfect, relates to them. I think he's the first Muslim 
born coach as well. So congratulations to that. Finally, some again, some little disparity in the NFL coaching ranks, which I'm going to bring up um, in, in a couple in, in about five ten minutes. But I uh, I think this is a great hire. I, I think they nailed it. Yeah, I think I agree. I think he was the best. Uh, I had him as the best coaching uh, candidate. So I like the move. All right, next one. Brandon Staley has been officially hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. This one kind of came out of left field because Brian Dable was the favorite to get the job. Um, apparently, that's what Ian Rapport said. That's what ESPN reported. That's what everyone was reporting. Brian Dable was pretty much a lock to LA. And then once the Rams lost, the LA Chargers made their move and, and gave the job to Brandon Staley. I love the Sala hire. Do not get me wrong. I think this is 1A, 1B in the best two hirings um, there was. I love Brandon Staley. I, I've said on the podcast, I've hyped him up. Um, we have Robert Mays coming on on Friday, who's also – he wrote a big story on Brandon Staley, so we'll get his take on him. He loves him in general. Um, I think Staley is one of the smartest offense – or not smartest – not offensive mind, smartest football mind in general in the league. He's only 38 years old. He was just the coordinator of the best defense in the NFL. Like, that is a huge thing you can put on your resume. I was the coordinator of the best defense, right? Not a lot of people can say that. And their defense was adaptive and innovative. It wasn't like they were playing the cover three style that uh, Pete Carroll has, and yet they have studs up and down the board. I know they do with Donald and, and Ramsey, but a lot of their defense was just – them communicating, them just playing well together, and I thought he did a great job. I love this hiring throwaway. Yeah, initially when um, he was named the head coach, I I was excited. I was excited. I thought, oh, that's a great hire. And I kind of I came back on that a little bit because it he's still thirty eight and he's been yeah. a coordinator in the NFL for one year. True. Um, this is a really really rapid advancement. I love what he did this year with the Rams defense. That's undeniable. But the biggest thing with this hire is going to be who's going to be their offensive coordinator? Because we know that Justin Herbert had an outstanding year. Is he going to change the playbook? What's Herbert's outlook going to be next year? Is he going to be able to run the system? We're we're gonna. It's it's too early to tell what their offense is going to look like. So I I want to hold hold back and just see who they hire as offensive coordinator and if it meshes with Herbert before I see if he's a good coach or not. Yeah. He, the one thing that's interesting about him is he was a, he was a former quarterback and he was a former offensive coach. I think he coached offense at the, at the university level. I'm just pulling it up right now. Yeah. Um, and not the university level, but he was a former uh, offensive he's, assistant and then he played quarterback. Correct. Right. Yeah. He's only been a coach in the NFL for four years, and yeah. one of them was a cord as a the DC. He's accelerated like crazy through the yeah. rank. And that's, in my opinion, that's okay if you have the back behind it, like being the defensive coordinator of the number one defense, right? Yeah, yeah. I I guess, but yeah. it's I just think the the head coach is just such a different beast, like to just assume he's going to do amazing right out of the gate. I think I think people need to slow down a little bit on on like cuz you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I yeah, the hype may be like calm yeah, down. Yeah, that's bit, the word. There's so much yeah. hype. Yeah, I agree. Um I I just think he's so smart. I think he's innovative. I love his defense. He's like he makes you want to watch defensive tape. Like a lot not a lot of coaches can do that. Um I think uh I think this is a home run hire. I I love those are my two favorites. All right, let's kind of get down the list here where I have some questions 
Let's start with Arthur Smith. He was brought in to be the head coach of the uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. So they have moved on from Dan Quinn earlier this year, and Raheem Morris was there um, with their interim coach. And, and Raheem Morris is actually going to replace Brand Staley um, in, the, in the Los Angeles Rams as a defensive coordinator there. So it all kind of comes full circle. Anyways, Arthur Smith hired as the uh, head coach of the Falcons. He's been the offensive coordinator for the uh, Tennessee Titans the last two years. I think he took over halfway through 2018 um, and started calling plays. Um, I, uh, I really like Arthur Smith as an offensive mind. I think he's done a great job in Tennessee. He's completely flipped Ryan Daniel into basically – a top one of the most top one of the best and most efficient and you could probably say top five um quarterbacks in general in the nfl and he's he's basically turned him into a bottom 10 quarterback into a top 10 quarterback that's hard to do um and of course he has derrick henry to help him there on the on in tennessee but I, i'm a little skeptical of this hiring because there's not a lot out there on him like i tried to find like video of him talking and just how he kind of like how he uh, presents himself He's a very quiet dude. He apparently um, he doesn't talk to the media a lot. He doesn't get kind of is open to he's not open to like expressing himself to uh, to journalists and, and to get them get to know him more. Like I don't know anything about him, so I can't really say it's a home run hiring. But I like the offensive side of the ball to it um, for Atlanta. They need they need an infusion of 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 offensive smarts, in my opinion. Just since uh, Kyle Shannon's left, so I don't mind it. Um, but I think there's uh, definitely some question marks. What do you think? Yeah, I always worry. I worry about an offensive-minded coach who has a player like Derrick Henry, and then he goes to a new team without a player like Derrick Henry. There aren't yeah. any others like him, yep. but just the ability to be able to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry whenever you want. Those third and ones are just a lot easier. Those short yardage plays. So, I I'm I'm kind of tentative of how he's how he's going to run this offense, especially because. A really underrated thing about Tannehill, I, I think not a lot of people talk about, is how good he is with his legs. He picks up a lot of, yeah. a lot of yards with his legs. Matt Ryan does not. Arthur Smith loves his bootlegs, so is Matt Ryan going to be asked to run those bootleg plays? I We'll see. They definitely have the wide receiver talent to, to, run, um, to run stuff. So uh, we'll see how it works, but... He's an offensive-minded guy going to an offensive-minded team. I, I I understand the hiring. The one the one thing that's going to be so interesting to see what they do is at the quarterback because Matt Ryan is he's not getting cut. Like he's uh, he's on the team next year, and they can move off of him in twenty twenty two. I believe I'm just checking the cap now. Yeah, they, there's there's enough there's there's enough value there that they can cut him at the end of next year if he's bad. So what do you do at number four pick? Right, they have the fourth overall pick. So what do you do? What if what if Darnold stays in New York, right? I think that's the way it's gonna it's it's turning. I think the Jets go with a player at number two or straight out. So if you're Atlanta, like Justin Fields sitting there, I think it makes a lot of sense. Like you just said, Tannehill can pick it up with his legs. Field is a tremendous athlete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's actually I, something to consider. I, for, yeah. I fourth overall, or do they even are they the team that trades up with the Jets? Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Or do they jump uh, Miami mm -hmm. at number three? Because Miami, they're another trade out scenario too, right? They could they could have another team that would want to trade up to the number three pick to get Fields. Yeah, right? I think either I I think the Jets or Miami, one of them two, are actually going to end up moving out. 
Yeah, that's actually a, that's a really good – I think that might be the scenario Arthur Smith would want to go because I do think it's really important to have an athletic quarterback for that system. Yeah, and look, and, and Arthur Smith is just getting – didn't get hired to resurrect the Matt Ryan offense. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. They're saying, like, fix this or you're fired. Like, they're telling they, – I guarantee there's already talks, like, we need to find our future quarterback. It's not going to be next year. We're, we're, we were stupid and we signed all this money to Matt Ryan, so we have to hold on to for another year. So then then you can – you draft for the future, right? You take Fields, maybe let him sit behind Ryan. It's, it's tough. Fields is like a prospect that you'd want to see right away. But if you have the chance to get him at fourth overall and you can let him sit behind Matt Ryan, I think it's worth it in Atlanta's sake. Yeah, 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 I agree. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's keep this moving here. Now we're getting to the little skeptical, in my opinion, the the bottom two. Okay, Dan Campbell was hired to the Detroit Lions to a six year contract. Um, Ooh. look, so yeah, the six years he hasn't been, he hasn't even been a coordinator yet. Eh? It's spectacular. Yeah. Um, here's here's my take on this, um, and, I, and I, I'm kind of interested in your opinion as well. I think hiring a coach that's not a coordinator is okay. That's fine. If he if he's got the back to it, however, there's a lot of talk about this Rooney rule and the lack of the lack of diversity and black coaches in general in the NFL. Um, why is are guys like Eric Bieniemy? Um, why is Byron Leftwich like black coaches that are have the resume that are better than a Dan Campbell? Why aren't they getting interviews? It, that's the one thing that that's that's frustrating. That's the one thing that everyone's kind of wondering. And that's not saying Dan Campbell isn't up for the job, like or isn't a good coach. Mm-hmm. I actually don't mm-hmm. mind him. I, I love his resume. I think he's okay. The problem is, is you're trying to convince yourself that this guy is better than the black coach with a better resume. Yeah, I'd, I'd throw Todd Bowles and yeah, Morris hat in that ring. And I know well. this is a tough thing to talk about. Like, I get it, but I, I just think it needs to be said. Like, if, if a guy like Dan Campbell is getting a job over coordinators and coaches, the black coordinators and coaches that have a better reputation, better resume, the system's broken, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the enemy's off that Andy Reid tree. We've seen Peterson and Nagy come off that tree, and Bianami's resume is more impressive than both those guys. So, I. I, I do think the enemy's going to be hired by one of the two teams remaining. But if he doesn't, oh man, there'll be uh there'll be uh there'll be a big, big discussion. Yeah. And like I think the other problem with this is too, um, I could be wrong here, but I feel like black coaches in general just aren't getting the coordinator positions and the play calling positions. Than more the whole head coaching positions, right? Because that's where they hire from. There's only one mm-hmm. black play caller in the in the NFL is Byron Leftwich. Like that's oh, really? yeah, but that's Todd it. Bowles doesn't Todd, I'm offensive play caller. My my apologies. Oh, okay, offensive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like I, I think that's a problem. And again, tough topic to talk about, but I just wanted to bring that up. But let's talk about Dan Campbell. Actually, what do you think about him himself? Like, do you think this was an okay hire? <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't know anything about the guy. He's he's a tight ends coach, right? Yeah. And, and a tight end slash assistant coach in New Orleans. I mean, being assistant coach to Sean Payton has some of some of that rubbed off him on him. I don't know. Uh, I don't really think anybody off the Sean Payton tree has had much success in the NFL, have they? Nope. Nope. That's one. That's one big knock on him, in my opinion. Yeah. So. He, we'll see if Dan Campbell bucks that trend, but 
Uh, this one was out of left field for me. I don't know much about him. He was the interim head coach of the Dolphins back in 2015. Uh, they went five and seven that year, but had an awful roster. So yeah, hard to judge him on that. But I I don't know where the Detroit Lions are going. Like, do are they moving on from Stafford? Are they um, keeping him? So I I didn't know were they going to get a defensive guy, an offensive guy. I so. This hire kind of went along with where I think the lines are going, which is I have no idea. <laughs> That's a good point. Like it's so up in the air. Like this brings this adds more questions to the Stafford conversation than it did before, yeah. right? Like yeah. So, <laughs> um, I uh, I think they should have went defensive hiring. Like, their defense was so so bad last year. Like I, yeah. I feel like they should have went defensive route. Um, no. And like a defensive guy with like more upside, like a, a raw raw, like a defensive no. Dan Dan Campbell. No, you they, don't agree. They took a swing on a defensive guy. And yeah, but it was not, it wasn't a swing. Yeah, but he was you a think? bad. But he was a bad defensive coordinator. Like he wasn't good, but it was a bad hiring from the start. Like yeah, I should, like, a Todd Bulls, like a Todd Bulls would have made perfect sense for Detroit, in my opinion. You think Lions fans were gonna be okay with the pitch? Hey, we're bringing in a defensive guy after what Matt Patricia did for three years. But There's I just feel no like Matt way. Patricia's an outlier. Like Matt Patricia was a bad hiring. The Eagles put up. Like the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, put up 40 plus points on them, and they still hired. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was a, just a bad hire. And yeah, I know. Too, right? But so. I just I just couldn't see I, I couldn't see that going over well with the fan base, the media, everything just to do with the Lions after how big of a failure that was. I think an offensive guy would have been all right, but I, I don't want to judge Dan Campbell yet. He hasn't yeah. even coached the game. So let's let's see what, what he does. Of course, and he looks like PC Principal from South Park. I put that on Twitter today. Like, looks exactly <laughs> like a South Park character. Really? Yeah, okay, I've never watched check, South check Park. That out, check that out on my Twitter, man. It's hilarious. They look exactly alike. I put that two-two together. Got some love on Twitter, so check that out. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move to the last one, um, Urban Meyer. We talked about Urban Meyer a little bit. He was the first domino to fall. Um, so we talked, to him a lot, uh, talked about him a little bit on last week's episode. Um, all right, I have kind of uh, – I, I wasn't big on it <laughs> last week. And I am just so not big on it now. Like, I think the more I've thought about this, the more I've kind of done my research on everything. I think the hire of Urban Meyer was one of the most idiotic things a franchise has done in a very long time. I think Jacksonville, all they had to do was not screw it up. Don't hire someone that's going to cause a problem. Just hire someone under the radar. We have a bunch of draft picks. We have a bunch of draft capital. We're ready to go. And then you bring in Urban Meyer with the biggest – bust potential out of any coach out there the sketchiest history um I, i'm not going to go in depth you guys can do your research for yourself and check out what he's done in the past at ohio state and at florida not not the nicest nice nicest guy and the dandiest hire in my opinion i think it was stupid of course i think eric meyer could work out he's a smart offensive mind great head coach i just think this hire was this hire sucked for them in my opinion i don't know about you yeah i we talked about it a little bit last episode or last week, but I I just have my doubts about Urban Meyer. I, I too have never really liked the guy, but he also has a health risk, right? There's, yes. a chance, there's a chance that he just pulls the plug after a couple a year or two due to health reasons because of stress and stuff. The and he 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 dealt with this at Ohio State when they're playing 
they're beating somebody by 60 next Saturday. Don't worry. Like the, in the NFL, it's not going to be like that. Every yes. game is so much more important and such a grind. I I don't know if he's going to be able to to get through that. So I and then if Trevor Lawrence, you, do you really want your young quarterback learning a new system one to two years in? I just think it's a highly it's a high risk signing yes. for I don't know what the reward is. Yes, like that's my point. Like, why did they had they didn't have to do this? Like everything yeah. was set for them to be successful. Like you had all you you tanked for a reason. You went through hell for a reason for this for the draft capital for Trevor Lawrence for the cap space. Like this is what you did, and and you're you go and hire like Urban Meyer, like you said, this guy could take off in a year or two. Like he can completely just. Just go away. Like he, he's not a reliable coach, in my opinion, for this franchise. I think it was dumb. Having said that, like I, I'm not trying to rip the guy too much. I, I, I just, again, having said that, he's a great offensive mind, and and he's, uh, he's done well. Like he's gone. Like the team's won, but it's Florida and it's Ohio State, right? Like you have to keep that in consideration. You can't just go out and recruit the best guys in, in the NFL. In the NFL, you have to look at like every single player in the NFL is almost like a its own brand. Like you have to treat them better than like there's a lot of money relying and there's a lot of at stake in the NFL compared to college. Like you can't just treat people the way you did in college in the NFL. I, I just I don't know. I, I think this hire sucks in my opinion. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, I don't really have much more to add on it. He's a, he's a sketchy pass, so we'll see if it pays off. And another thing too is like they hired Trent Balk as their GM. Trent Balk was the GM of the 49ers during the 2011 to 2016 or 17, I believe. I'd have to look that up. But um, like those are the bad 49er days. Like he had Jim Harbaugh um during some of that time, but like he didn't do a good job there, like bringing in talent. Like he, he had one good year transferring from six and ten to thirteen and three. That was one big kind of jump back. But then he ended up hiring Chip Kelly and blowing the whole thing up. So I, I don't th- I don't right. really like him hiring. And it looks like he's bringing Scott Linehan in as offensive coordinator. If you ask Cowboy fans about Scott Linehan, they'll, they'll laugh at you. They they can't stand him. Like he's not a good offensive coordinator in my opinion. I don't know. I just the whole thing stings to me. Um, all right, those are the coaching hirings. We got uh, Eagles and Texans are still left on the board. I don't know when those will be filled out. The Eagles are. Basically, are interviewing me, Eric. Your mom got an interview, I believe, as well. <laughs> You're interviewing everyone at this point, so um, it's going to take a little bit before I think that one's taken out. And I don't mind. I actually, I am um, just quick my take on this. I think it's the right thing to do to interview as many people as possible. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Like you said, um, there isn't really a rush anymore at this standpoint. You you don't get that an advantage of just hiring the next guy. So. Yeah, be patient with it and interview as many people as possible. Yep. Um, I uh, I agree. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see the way this goes. Uh, there's some Josh McDaniels talk. I don't know about that. I actually don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that would be such an anti-Jeffrey Lurie hire. Um, I, I'm, really, uh, I'm really intrigued by the Colts offensive coordinator, Nick Serrani. I think that's a that's a potential good hire. Um, there's a, there's a bunch out there. We'll see where the, where, uh, where way they go. All right, let's finish this off um, uh, with one more thing. Philip Rivers. And Drew Brees both have announced their retirements. Um, let's focus on the Philip Rivers aspect of this first. We talked about Brees last episode. Um, I personally think Philip Rivers is one of the most underrated NFL players of all time. What do you think about that comment? Yeah, um, I think that's a little far. I don't know. I, me and you differ on him. We've argued about him in the past. I, I kind of view him more as like a. 
he's a obviously a Hall of Famer, but I view him more as just the reason he's there is because he's piled up numbers. But that's because he's so durable, and that's an ability to play for 17 straight years in the NFL is impressive, and you you deserve to go to the Hall of Fame for being able to do that at an above average level. But I just I can't remember a time where. I was worried, like, oh, I, oh no, Philip Rivers, I, I don't want to play him in the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? He just never yeah. got over that hump in the big games. I find so. I think a I lot of the success also too, Eric, was when we were younger, right? Like when we were. Yeah, like, I remember beating, those. Yeah, I remember those Chargers teams pretty well, and I, he got to an AFC championship game once, but. I guess, yeah, maybe I'm underselling how good he was in the regular season in those years, but I'm just thought playoff Phillip Rivers to me was never a threat. He was never going to beat Manning or Brady. He was, it, you know what I mean? I just yeah. never, I never thought he was going to get over that hump and he never did. Yeah. Um, I, if you take a look at his stats from 2006 to 2020, he started in every single football game. Yeah, like, like that, that, that is that's that is impressive. Yes. And if you and um I'm gonna pull up the stat here. Like am I crazy? I, I you're gonna say I'm crazy, but I think he's the best quarterback out of the 03 draft or 04 draft, whatever year it was. Yeah, I guess he's better than them in every single number, every single category except for one. Yeah, Super Bowls, right? That's the big yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> and it just sucks that the other two got two each, just to the cherry on top. Mm -hmm. But I, I, if but I, I think, I think we can, game, I think we can, I think we can agree that Eli is probably the third best, right? Like big, big right? Philip yeah. But would you do you think Philip Rivers has had a better career than Ben Roethlisberger? I'm just trying to think of. The best year Philip Rivers ever had versus the best year Big Ben ever had, and they were to play in a game. I think I would take the team with bet by played with Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I can, I, I actually don't mind that argument. Um, but if you so one more thing before we go, um, Philip Rivers uh, ranks six among EPA and quarterbacks from 2006 to 2020. Philip Rivers is six, Ben Roethlisberger is 12th, Eli Manning is 35th. Yeah. Wow, so. man. I guess yeah. There's going to be the big debate about Manning and the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think all three of these are are 100 have to be in. No, like Eli is the one where you could kind of argue because he had some rough years uh, in between those giant Super Bowls. Like he won in 2007, 2011. Um, but if you take a look at like some of the years, like he in 2013 with the Giants, he had 18 touchdowns and 27 interceptions. Wow. That's a rough year. But then, like, he's got uh, years 2015 where he has 35 touchdowns and 14 picks, right? It's like there's yeah. – he's a, he's a weird quarterback to judge. But um, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, um, like, Rivers and Roethlisberger both had years, I think, at their primes where they were – they never – they both never won an MVP but were considered for an MVP. They, yeah. were, they were in the running. There was never a year where Eli Manning was a thought as an MVP I don't think he's a lock for the Hall of Fame man just because yeah. of that reason there was never a year where he was a top five quarterback in the NFL all right I'm gonna hold you to this when Ben Roethlisberger retires me and you on this podcast we're gonna dig down and we're gonna rank these three and we're gonna have convincing stats and arguments to do it 
Yeah, well, we're, yeah. We're, it's just the Rivers versus Roethlisberger. Yeah. Argument. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll circle back to it once Roethlisberger retires. I uh, I don't think he's retiring this year. I think he's coming back, but that's a conversation. Oh, I hope not. Yeah, I think it's a conversation for a later day. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Again, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. We're back on Friday with Robert Mays, uh, national writer for The Athletic, one of my favorites in the business, one of Eric's favorites in the business, and we'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by 22Bet. 22Bet is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting. Download the 22Bet app today and enjoy its easy-to-use interface. The app is fast and reliable and completely intuitive. The sign-up process is short and the sign-up process is remarkably quick. There are lots of products including slots and live casino betting. Mark your favorites for quicker access to your preferred sports leagues and teams. 22Bet is a huge selection of payment methods as well as options for cryptocurrencies. Transactions are fast and no additional fees apply. Take advantage of your 100% welcome bonus for your first-time deposit. 22Bet has some of the highest odds on all the sports you're interested in, along with excellent coverage of sporting events, including local leagues. Terms and conditions apply. Please click the link in our podcast description to get started. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.